Hi. What's up? Welcome to Big Dyke Energy. This is Gala Mukamalova. And this is Rose Blakelock. And this is our fifth episode. What's up? Number five. Number five. Uh, it's very exciting for us. Uh, so, Gala, mm-hmm. I got a joke for you. Oh my God, I love jokes. I think you've heard this one before. <laughs> Lay it on me. <clears throat> what does a lesbian bring on a second date? Um, what? A U-Haul. <laughs> Gala, do you know where that joke comes from? You know what? I have no clue besides real life. Does it just come from real life? I mean, it does come from real life, but uh, the first time, allegedly, that that joke was told was actually by Leah Delaria in a stand-up act in the 90s. Oh. But obviously, it was commentary on the very real lesbian urge to merge. Oh, my gosh. You know, I do think, like, um, sometimes when I hear that joke, I think about how, despite all of my, like, deep anxious attachment issues or whatever actually um i would like to call myself a disorganized attached person (laughs) but uh and i guess this is actually an example of my disorganized attachment is that i both would like i'm the kind of dyke that wants you like to you know to be the only girl in the world shout Mm. out scorpio rising Mm -hmm. um not me rihanna (laughs) (laughs) and also i actually don't even want to like meet your family for a year you know what i mean like i want to take it like i want to date for a long fucking time okay so you like you want to keep it casual is that like for a fear of over investing i mean i'm a sag venus Mm, so i like a light touch (laughs) i like a light touch Right, you want to know it's real. I want to know it's real before I go all in. Like, once I'm all in, like, my Taurus moon really, like, takes up space and is like, oh, my God, let's get secure, baby. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, let's buy an expensive rug together. (laughs) (laughs) And then just lay on it, feeling the fibers while rolling on Molly. That's my dream life. I mean, that sounds pretty great. Sign me up. (laughs) Sign me up for that Taurus moon life. But, you know, on the other hand, I don't even understand the sort of U-Haul impetus. What is that? Do you have it? Mm, I feel like I'm like a recovering avoidant. What does that mean? Well, here's the thing. Actually, I vacillate, right? I think that maybe I do have similar vibes to you. Like, I do kind of want to be sure before I get into it. The only reason I said I'm recovering avoidant is because when I was younger, I really thought that I had commitment issues because I would date somebody for three months and then be like, mm, no, this isn't right. And then move on. Right. But looking back, I'm thinking that maybe I actually just had good judgment, <laughs> which maybe is harsh because yeah. I basically like worked my way up. And then I was like, okay, mm, six months. And I was like, no, yeah, no, this isn't right. And then a year. And then all of a sudden it was like four years. Oh my um, gosh, four years. But then I felt like I like f- was fighting against uh, my good judgment. Right. But maybe not. Maybe, I don't, I don't know which is true or real about me, but... Nobody I get, does. I think I have kid dreams about myself being like able to date casually, but the reality is like I am a little bit of a serial monogamist. Right. And like, you think that's like why you're... What do you think that's about? Is that your Venus shit, your Virgo shit? I mean, I'm I have a Cap Venus and a Virgo moon, so it's like all Earth there. So I feel like my Cap Venus makes me reserved and trying to have like good judgment and wanting to be like, mm, before I really go in, like, is this a wise investment? Right, but, but also then, like I feel like Cap can kind of Cap also sometimes really likes a project i guess i feel like my Virgo side is more into the project than that (laughs) and then like you know my pisces rising is like ooh potential i see it everywhere but then that like fades away pretty soon and i'm like ooh, what's actually happening here right and then your core sun self is just like break away (laughs) oh my god (laughs) sell away sell away sell away that's exactly what i fucking meant i know i haven't really fully examined it 
I think that I do love love and I'm pretty romantic, but then I also am fairly pragmatic. And so it's like, it's definitely, I make a list of red flags and then I like leave an annotated bibliography when I'm ready to go. Oh, that's interesting. That's kind of a Scorpio thing to do, the annotated bibliography. Yeah, totally. You must have learned it from all your exes. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) I actually dated more Capricorns than Scorpios. Oh, you have? Mm -hmm. Golly, can I tell you something I've been thinking about? I would love to hear what you're thinking about. Well, it's Aries season. It is. We know that. We've landed squarely. People are talking more loudly. They're taking risks. They're leaving the house without checking the weather, sometimes to their detriment. Oh, my gosh. Is that an Aries thing? Well, I think it's something that just coincidentally happens during Aries season. Like, you know what I mean? It truly, I truly do. When I see people who have adult, like, um, umbrellas in their bags, I'm like, you are an adult. I am not. Like, you know that, like, you never know what's going to happen. It's the end of March. It's early April. But when I was thinking about Aries season, thinking about coming out of Pisces season, I really, that was how I was really struck with the idea of the urge to merge, because I think that that is, like, a true Piscean urge. Mm -hmm. And, like, where is the intersection there of, like, Piscean identity and lesbian cultural identity and this idea of, like, wanting to surrender into something greater than yourself but Mm. how that sometimes in like a less mm, spiritually transcendent form woman affests if you will i don't know will i (laughs) 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 that that maybe somehow that comes across instead as like wanting to just like fully merge with another person's identity and absorb into them right in the form of gay relations yeah I mean, it's so interesting the way Pisces are when you're talking about urge to merge because they're like, they kind of want to suck you in to their dream interpretation of what life is. They're like, I I had a dream where you were very nice. Would you like to be that nice? I'll just pretend for you. Right. But It's like the waking dream, right? <laughs> the waking dream. But I want to say that like, while a Pisces might want to merge reality as we know it with mm-hmm. the reality as they live in it. <laughs> um, have you ever like tried to get a Pisces to merge with you? Because <laughs> it doesn't actually work. No. No, that's that's the one time that you find their boundaries, mm-hmm. right? Is like It's like trying to grab water, though, right? It's like exactly, they exactly. They're like, fingers. come in to my water, but the water... You're like, can I pour you in my glass? And they're like, no, 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 your glass is a sieve now. Yeah, exactly. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the other thing I was thinking about when you talked about dreams and projection is like this idea of their imagination mm-hmm. and also kind of like the imaginative qualities of water signs and i'm thinking particularly about scorpio and pisces you know because they're both water signs and i think that they both have an imagination that they often project onto other people in their experiences and i Mm. think that with scorpio the projection is often like one of fear or paranoia and with pisces it's like um you know, maybe projecting like a glossier, more idyllic image than what's there. What do you think about that? Do you feel like that's too accusatory? <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, I just can't even tell which one is a worse like <laughs> accusation. You know what I mean? Like I'm sitting here being like, well, first of all, it's like there's a cancer listening out there that's like, I too can imagine the worst of someone. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, fair. <laughs> I mean, um, I think I think you are, I think you are correct in describing um, Scorpios as a pretty paranoid sign. Um, although, <laughs> wasn't it was it Kurt Cobain the Pisces? That's yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> You know, you say it. Wasn't it like, wasn't it Kurt Cobain, the Pisces, that said, like, maybe you're just paranoid or maybe they're all out to get you? Right. You know, so I just want to put that out there that, like, the true, the Pisces of our generation, I would say. Yeah. Um, it was, was very, was very invested in paranoia, at least as an imaginative framework. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess, I don't know. I think part of Scorpio paranoia comes actually from like a knowledge of um, their own dark interior. And like, because I know what I'm capable of, I know what you are too. You know what I want to say? What? <laughs> Do you feel attacked? No, I just, it's like sometimes um, I feel this need to be like, let me just talk about Scorpio power for a second and Please. what power can do, right? Please How do power it. can corrupt. Right. Um, Scorpios notice every fucking every thing fucking you do. Thing. Yeah. You know, um, they just fucking do. And I, you know, maybe this is the moment where I say like, Kaliukas, the Cancerian singer, sings mm-hmm. in one of her first albums, which the name of which I now forget. I notice everything. I just act like I don't. Yeah. Which makes me feel like she's got a Scorpio moon. <laughs> but it's, it's like... possible. I mean, water signs up. are very perceptive generally because they... they um, they're, they want to be attuned to you and your emotions, right? Yeah. I think that fire is conscious motivation and like trying to exert your will and willpower on the mm. world. And I think that water is unconscious motivation. Mm. And so it's like part of the struggle with having a heavy water influence is that like it takes a lot of work and effort to identify the things that are moving you through the world and making you like make the decisions that you're making. And when you do tap into that, then it is incredibly powerful for your interactions with other people because you know how to identify it in them. Right. And you can decide whether or not you answer the call. Yeah. You can, you don't have to be like, Oh, every single shadow, like every single knock of a shadow is like a door that I open, you know, you could just be like, no, thank you. Exactly. But until you are able to, like parse that Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. identify it accurately like you're just at the whim of it so you see like a lot of people in their detriment just kind of like those are the folks who you see who like maybe are like super manipulative or are just like you know cannot have boundaries with other people or define them and also who cannot like advocate for themselves and their needs and desires because they don't even know what they are they just know that they're like moved compulsively towards them mm-hmm. i feel like i'm working on like my evolved scorpio rules because you know i really want to like mm, for, the, <laughs> for the eagle to phoenix yeah s- yeah spectrum yeah just to, like just to round it out like i don't think we ever stay in one animal form of whatever you don't think that Bjork is just a phoenix for the rest of her yeah well, like maybe but you know <laughs> i'm some sure of she those albums went she... down to snake you know yeah, what i'm saying right, which is right. beautiful i guess what i'm saying is like the eagle is the eagle's eyes view right like mm-hmm. but sometimes you got to be belly down in the dirt and that's not necessarily like we're going to talk a lot about what it means to like what bad is right to, yeah. today like that's what we're up to and i think like what does it mean to be bad in relationship mm. what does it mean <laughs> what does it mean to like be codependent like what does it mean to like be autonomous versus merged you know all this stuff like yeah. is there an inherent badness mm. well we're social creatures, right? So we need mm-hmm. each other in some aspect. And whether that's like community, hey, Aquarius, 11th house. Mm-hmm. Or if that's partnership, you know, thinking about like Libra energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't think that it's accurate to like nobody's an island, right? So right. so isn't it just like there's layers to it and who gets to say? I guess I'm just thinking about the idea of like codependency or like merging identities with someone and I'm thinking about the idea that like that is very much centered on like a certain lived experience that doesn't fit to everyone well that's true although I guess I would pull back and I would want us to think about the difference when we say um when we say the a phrase like Mm -hmm. urge to merge and when we talk about a phrase like codependency Mm. Um, because Maybe this they, is a good time to define codependency. Right. And so um, codependency, uh, you know, was began to be studied out of addiction, mm-hmm. behavioral studies. Um, it became popularized, although she, like this woman, 
Melody Beattie, she wasn't the first person to say the word codependency, but her book, Codependent No More, popularized the phrase and made it common lexicon amongst our self-help reading public. And it, you know, sold millions of copies. And within her book, you know, she talks about the way that she came to this phrase, this idea of what a codependent is, out of Alcoholics Anonymous and Al Anon. Mm-hmm. And so in the beginning, uh, codependents were often described as people um, who were either in partnership with alcoholics or children of alcoholics, adult children of alcoholics, um, then later just partners, uh, children, adult children, and somehow in close family relation with addicts in general, um, and then expanded to people with destructive addictive illnesses behaviors and sometimes people with illnesses that um are necessary like for instance somebody with a mental illness right where they might not be taking their medication or something Mm -hmm. you know and therefore they are afflicted by all kinds of trouble but in many ways here's here's the crux of the argument it's not that you have responsibilities actual real life responsibilities to a partner that you have chosen consensually and that you've agreed upon in a way that is responsible and compassionate for the both of you instead it is a behavior that is born out of needing to it is a behavior that is born out of your relationship to the behaviors of others and your desire to control and change those behaviors mm-hmm So, you know, obsessively worrying, thinking about how to get an alcoholic to stop drinking, thinking about how to get them to AA, thinking about like what's going to happen to your um, partner who might not be able-bodied, right? But like making their daily difficulties that are just out of a world that is not accommodating Mm -hmm. um, a part of your identity. Yeah. And um, in, in, in some ways, using the difficulties and struggles, illnesses, issues of others to avoid just taking care of yourself. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Mm-hmm. So that is, that is in sort of a, a very tight and sort of, you know, frayed nutshell, not yeah, yeah. what codependency is. I think that culturally speaking our urge to merge as dykes yeah have we defined that yet no can you do that you want me to (laughs) yeah i can try i would call it an urge to merge like an escalation of intimacy at like a pace that is maybe a little uh reckless and hastened Mm -hmm. so like the idea of like meeting somebody and then moving in together within three months and um I think it's a combination of that and also a merging of identities where it's like all of a sudden you start like dressing alike and when you talk you say we. Oh my um, God, the we, it kills me. The we thing, which like I catch myself doing and I'm you like. You do it? I, I think I've done it to you. You did? Yeah. I must have just been like block it out, girl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I also like really strive, like I'm pretty autonomous and like have a lot of things that I do on my own and I like definitely do what I want, but... Mm you know, where's the line of like being uh, considerate of your person or your partner and also like making the decisions that you need to, to be okay. Right. Um, I also am really thinking of um, in the L word, Don Denbo and her lover, oh Cindy. Oh my God, her like, lover, Cindy. <laughs> like every sentence is like my lover, Cindy. Oh you know, God. so this idea of like her identity can't exist. And then mm-hmm. also that like the big... Um, like the big faux pas that Shane committed was engaging in a tryst with Dun Dunbo's lover Cindy without Dun Dunbo. Well, I mean, I mean, she actually broke the rules of their Pauline like yeah, engagement. Yeah, I was like, that's the problem. Yeah, there. the actual problem is that like her lover Cindy betrayed her. Um, yeah, and and lied to Shane about it. Her right? lying lover Cindy. Her lying lover Cindy. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think about that, and I think about couples who start to talk the same get the same haircut dress alike um which also like can be cool twinning is cool i'm not saying that's a bad thing i think it's cool 
I think sometimes that's hot. Sometimes it feels really narcissistic, but like mm-hmm. sometimes I like it. What do you like about it? Mm-hmm. I just feel like in some ways it's even gayer. If two twins were fucking, would you think that was hot? Just no. checking. So what do you think is hot about twinning? Mm-hmm. I guess just maybe that it's transgressive, right? Like it, in the way that like femme for femme or like mask for mask can be like super hot and like mm-hmm. gayer, just in the idea that like you're supposed to be attracted to the other. Right. And that like queerness is also kind of an attraction to not necessarily same, right? Like we all have our types and we like different things, but it seems in some ways less heteronormative. You know, which like makes. I, I just want to say, I just have to interrupt and yeah. say, your like queerness seems in some ways less heteronormative, which is like such, like this no, is just I'm where we're th- at now in our lives. <laughs> I'm saying twinning oh, and that kind saying. of queerness, like it feels more queer mm-hmm. to be attracted to people who look like you than right. to like be attracted to somebody who's supposed to be like across the street of your gender identity. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that is true. It's funny, though, like, to think about, um, mm, to celebrating, celebrating, liking this similar as queer or whatever, which is, <laughs> it makes sense, will just reify my mother's assertion that for me to be a dyke is for me to be a narcissist, and that's all I've ever been. <laughs> Wow, I mean, that's your business, I guess. But, like, Gertrude Stein and Alice B. Tuckless, like, they're kind of, like, twinsy. No, I mean, maybe to us, but uh, Gertrude was heavily male-identified. Well, yeah, and super misogynist. And, like, loved to hang out with Picasso and be a fucking asshole. But also, yeah, true, true, true. But people write about how... You know, Alice did everything for her. Oh my god! Like fucking everything. No, everything. Like, like literally, at some point, um, a photographer. I was just reading this. It was like a, a photographer came to do an interview and take photos of Gertrude, and he, you know, he was like. Okay, so maybe I should take photos of you doing something regular. Like, what do you, like, regular daily stuff? Like, maybe packing a suitcase. And she was like, Alice does that. Oh, my God. Just, like, cons- like things that you would think a human adult would just do for themselves. Right. But Alice just sort of got subsumed into Gertrude's identity entirely. So that Gertrude could just write buttons, buttons, buttons. Even with writing, <laughs> she would like set up hours in the morning where she would do automatic writing, just like letting her hand flow over the paper as it likes, sometimes illegibly. And then it was Alice's job to pick up all of these like chicken scratch scrabbles and make of them the text and actually oh type God. them up. So, so so what do you think about that? Would you define that as a codependent relationship or I mean a merged like as, relationship? as a definitely merged, hell yeah. Like merged is obvious, right? Because right, because Alice's identity like literally Gertrude Stein wrote the autobiography of Alice B. Tuckless. Exactly. Like definitely merged because we that is I think that to see a couple as merged is it can be seen on the outside, right? Yeah. I think that it is not necessarily um, one's business to call another couple codependent. Fair. I mean, so like if somebody comes to you and they, they you know, they confide in you and they tell you that they um, are exhibiting symptoms mm-hmm. of codependency, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I feel crazy. Like I'm always like checking this person's phone. Like right. I'm always staying home so that I can know when they come home. All this shit. Like, yeah, then you could be like, oh, they sound really codependent. Right. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. You know, I don't know if Alice was just like, entirely fucking fulfilled like that was just her thing Mm, right which brings us to like the crux of this Mm -hmm. in general is like is it is it a problem it seems like it's a problem when people mm, abandon themselves and then have like these huge messy terrible breakups right like Mm -hmm. that seems like a problem or when people don't give themselves time to like heal from whatever they just got out of and try to like break those patterns and like see like what worked and what didn't and try to shift and change their behavior Mm. yeah i mean like it's interesting i feel like um i'd love to hear more because you're when you first said you know what is the problem like what how do i identify a problem Mm -hmm. um of course my instinct is to think about in relationship which Mm. is different than post relationship problem right because what we're sort of 
um, we are sort of moving between what it means to kind of be subsumed mm-hmm. and then what it means to break away or and to self-identify, right? Or yes. S- which, which is where we came to this Pisces Aries thing, right? Which I think um, when I was thinking about it, I, uh, I'm thinking a lot about Neptune and, and reading and learning a lot about it. Um, mm-hmm. Neptune is Pisces modern ruler right Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. because before it was co-ruled it and Sagittarius co-ruled by Jupiter which is wild but when you think about mm, expansion when you think about expansion when you think about spirituality Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that that does correlate but Neptune I've also seen people call Neptune a higher octave of Venus which I think is interesting weird higher octave well I think it's about like if Venus is like a receptive quality and like um, a desire for a union on like the physical earthly plane Mm -hmm. that like Neptune is the desire for that on like a larger spiritual plane and like if Venus is like how you want to connect with others, then Neptune is how you want to connect with like the source. Oh, okay. Okay. I could see that. But so, you know, in reading about Neptune, um, there's a lot of relating it to a lot of creation myths. And when we mm-hmm. think about Pisces as being kind of, it's the end of the cycle, but it's also kind of like it's the in-between phase, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, that is the, it's the infinite nothing and everything that's at the end and before the beginning. It's just like kind of the reset button. It's mm-hmm. the white noise at the end of a videotape before you rewind it or whatever, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea of like creation myths often cast that as being like this kind of watery mm-hmm. abyss that then like forms and creation rise out of and oftentimes it's a violent separation or rebellion against um, usually like this watery entity which you can think of Aries as being that violent Mm -hmm. birth right Right. or like the idea of like emergence from the other Mm -hmm. and and this real craving to like identify yourself as separate and your own identity even if you're just a baby just babies just babies man so it's like which is interesting right because even as Aries fights to break away they're always looking back and saying like am I still the beloved Mm -hmm. you know because what they come from is unconditional love like in the perfect circle sure and also not all creation myths are violent necessarily Mm -hmm. you know but most of them do have some kind of reckoning where like um, the exchange for that autonomy and identity is that you then have to, A, you have mortality, you're no longer immortal, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to, and it's usually like some kind of suffering, you know, where it's like you're now exposed to like all of the pains and sorrows of of a mortal existence, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and I mean... March into April, April. Aries season. April is what? The cruelest month. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it snows in April. Even I mean, if we think about it just as a natural world thing, right? It's just eruption, opening, mm-hmm. the breaking of the bud, the eruption of the volcano. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, also, like, waking. The, the crack and melting of, like, a sheet of ice, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And the energy that it, that escapes with that, right? You start to get steam. Yes. Mm. The other thing, right, which is also fire and water mm-hmm. combined, which mm-hmm. is the elemental combination there. Um, I guess the other thing I want to think about is what are... So we've talked a little bit about like what we feel like is problematic relation or not even, but like what we see as merging yeah, well, we identify as codependency, well, we de- identify as the urge to merge. What part of that makes us nervous? What part of it do we feel like is not a good thing? And mm. what what about this Aries energy? Because Aries can also be kind of like a polarizing sign, right? Like yeah. 
there's some things that we really love about Aries energy and there's some things that can be just like not super cool can cause like a lot of conflict which they like right well I think that there's a tendency with Aries to attach uh, a little bit too much importance to intention Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a good one mm-hmm. like they think that if they act and their intentions are good mm-hmm. that like whatever comes out of their actions mm-hmm. should therefore be mm, forgiven or excused. you think they're like inherently machiavellian <laughs> <laughs> but i think that it's the the means justify the ends for them. Well. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's uh-huh. not It's not that like, oh, like where I got to was good, so it doesn't matter how I got there. They're like, where I was trying to go was good, so it doesn't matter where I went, mm-hmm. you know? Which also like comes from that impulsive action and like risk taking, which like no risk, no reward. And like they love adventure. They're enthusiastic. They're super fun. They're into newness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also like I have Mars and Aries, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, but it's intercepted. So that's like a whole nother podcast that it we really could go is. into. It's just leaking that. Leaking in that my Mars first house too. So it's really pretty <laughs> yeah. wild. It's shit, Rose. I know. My shit's fucked up. You know how they're like, uh, if you're trying to practice astrology, don't tell people your chart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I already failed. I mean, I am really, this is like, I, I would love this topic too. I mean, we're just digressing all over the place All tonight. over the place. I really like it. Chini, yeah. what the fuck's your chart? These dykes want to know. I thought people knew. I, I think have she n- came out recently, but I don't know where. Because like, what's Renee? Renee? Renee's a Leo. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then like, you know, Jessica's a cap. Mm-hmm, heavy cap. Annabelle Gat is an Aries. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday this week. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. For hooking you. us up with Broadly yes. this weekend. Many thanks. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just think that sometimes um, a certain signs of blind spots, even if they don't think that they yeah. do. Um, it's just they can it can be a little bit harder for them to perceive other well, signs or the nuance of them. Absolutely, and I think, but also I think for Aries, a lot of times their blind spot is the self because of the sign of self. Like, what are the positive qualities of Aries? Oh my gosh! Super enthusiastic. Um, champions. Champ- they're great champions for other people. Absolutely. Um. They're, they have no trouble with inspiration and they seem to have like an endless supply of energy. They get shit done. They get shit. Well, they get shit started. Some, yeah, I mean, they get shit. <laughs> well, no, I want to say they get shit done. Like, like the small stuff gets done. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, if it comes to like a really big project that you need to like commit to for a long period of time, eventually they might, um, mm-hmm they might explain to you that that project no longer matters and they don't see why you're so obsessed with it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but like on a day, a little bit of your dissertation. Oh my gosh. But <laughs> I can't believe you thought we were still dating, but, um, I do think that on a day to day basis, Aries get shit done, you know, cause they're just like, come on, let's go yeah. get in the car. What are you doing? Yeah, they're motivated and they're like, uh, they want to do it quickly, you know, which Mm -hmm. means that like they're super good at like seeing an opportunity and going for it and they are not going to be scared to take those risks. Yeah. Which is super important. And speaking of risks, like sometimes the kind of risk they're taking, you know, it's more about like, um, like the pitch, you know, Yeah, like they're the kind of people that can have the gift of having an exciting idea and then not sitting around thinking, what if this idea is stupid? Yeah, they'll right? just go for it. They don't, they also don't know what they don't know. I think um, even though their actual sign card is the emperor, I think there's still a lot of fool energy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's if what we're people always say. Isn't that funny? Like, I agree with you. I always look at the fool and I think of the Aries. Yeah. Just because it is sort of like the babe beginning its journey, you know? Absolutely. Even and that, it's like, not a, it's, it's all not the potential. correlated card, right? No, it's not. The emperor is a core- correlated card, which to that I think is like mm, also going back to this kind of like patriarchal idea of like it being like this 
toxic masculinity, right. super violent, hardened to mm-hmm. all emotions. Whereas like the fool is actually incredibly open and vulnerable, you know? It's the true. fool's about to walk its ass off a cliff. <laughs> which like if that's not Aries energy, I don't know what is. I you know, I wonder which belongs to what like what mm. part of the Aries because mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the other representational cards like earlier I was talking about being a Scorpio and being the death card mm-hmm. it's not like every like it's not that like the way that I engage people or ideas on a daily basis is like transformation 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 right. death by fire you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> like that's not like the way that I fucking move. but that's like going a hundred the whole time yeah so I think that maybe on a hundred and um, under its like power source, mm-hmm. Aries is the is the creator of a kingdom, right? The right. like main like the maintained rules. Yeah. Um, and I think that actually it's harder. It's like a the emperor has higher divinatory meaning than we have for it today. Sure. Yeah, I think a lot has gotten lost mm-hmm. too. You know because. Partly because of what we see as like masculine examples of holding power. Most of them are like pretty gross and pretty attached to like a very um, limited, Mm -hmm. limited Mm -hmm. view of like what that is and how to show that and how to exert that strength, you know? Yeah. But like, that's a whole nother podcast. (laughs) Masculine and power. Can you handle it? Yeah. I mean, it's partly current and Aries, but so I'm sure that we'll, hopefully gonna work some of that out or like we're just gonna go extinct and like good for the earth if we do you know oh okay (laughs) i'm just saying while we're there i know so i mean we talked a little bit (laughs) about pisces and aries and kind of that transition and a little bit about the urge to merge and codependency but a thing that we haven't really talked about is like what do we think is being true to yourself and your identity in a partnership while also being like caring and considerate and like what are some ways that that can look you know like I think part of one of the things that we haven't really touched on is um not specifically but we've been kind of like looking at it through the lens of monogamy loosely Mm -hmm. but like there's many other ways to be in the world right I mean that's true I want to say that no matter how it sounds I actually am never really approaching things from a monogamous lens like I think I was born poly since I was a child I just never understood why you're like why can't I have six best friends I mean actually I have never been I, <laughs> funnily <laughs> enough it's like my best friend belongs to me Taurus Moon yeah but, absolutely it's um, yours. but anyone I was dating I was like you can date him too you know like <laughs> just ask them <laughs> We could all date. Actually, like, that's, like, a funny story. Is that, like, your ideal? My ideal, all of us dating. Um, maybe. That could be nice. I'm, like, in a... I'm on a hermit journey right now. So, in this sort of, like, come to my cabin in the woods, have sex, make some art, please leave me alone. That sounds um, cool. <laughs> buy me an expensive rug. Let's rustle <laughs> So how do you feel like you assert and maintain your autonomy and independence? And in what ways do you try to make sure that you're also nurturing to a degree to your lovers or your people? You know, I mean, like, Rose, are you saying you as a general you or are you saying you as in Gala? Because Gala has disorganized... Gala. Gala has disorganized attachment issues so and what does codependency that mean? issues. So she okay. does not do that shit well. Okay. Um, what does that mean? That means I um, have a lot of confusion mm-hmm. around my boundaries and emotional needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm often somebody who in relationship... Um, will get hyper attuned to the person that I'm with mm. and can have a really hard time identifying my needs in relation to their needs. Whoa, that sounds like some Pisces shit. Uh, again, this is the thing. Like, I think that water is water. water you know is what water. I'm saying? I believe inherently that ownership isn't real, right? And I also believe. As a Taurus moon, you believe that. 
Yeah, of another person. As a Scorpio with a Taurus moon. Yeah, am I blowing your mind with my Sagittarius shit? <laughs> yeah, you are right now. I don't... <laughs> right, I, so you're like, nobody is another person's person except their own. Mm, yeah, but I think there's like a funny thing, right, where I exist in this world, and so I understand pleasure. Mm-hmm. I understand the pleasure of identification. Mm-hmm. So I can, for instance, find pleasure in this idea that somebody is like, the love of your life right Mm -hmm. and that you can call them that but that actually you also walk around with the understanding that you could have many loves of your life or that like you could be your own love of your life exactly about that i mean as i'm working on it (laughs) yeah yeah me too i'm fucking working on it trying to figure it out what do you think are like good ways to be in relationship with someone where you still are able to maintain that sense of identity and not like uh, lose yourself in another person because that's a true danger right Right. there's nothing wrong with um, interdependence or like needing things like everybody needs stuff from people everybody gets things from relationships with people not to say that every relationship Mm -hmm. is is transactional but I think particularly in western culture we have this idea where like everybody needs to be completely autonomous and if you need help Mm -hmm. from anyone to get anything in your life that you're like somehow like less than or you're like a scammer or that you're like some kind of like low left low life like mooch oh yeah when it's like actually no we all need things from each other Mm -hmm. like if you hire a plumber guess what you fucking need something from them you know like they have a skill that you don't have Uh so like what is the way to like maintain your own identity and not lose yourself in another person or in the idea of a relationship while also like being able to like give and take an ebb and flow in it? I mean, what is the way? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. There's some some ideas, right? So it's like um, first, you're right. It's important for us to recognize that no person is an island, although some people can very much live like islands and can find a deep pleasure in that for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. And those people are not me and they're not you, you know, no, but they are, they exist out there. Um, it's important to think about the fact that anytime you're, um, you're building intimacy with somebody else. And when I say intimacy, I mean trust. Yeah. That you are relying on and like a, a presence mm-hmm. there is usually expectation at play yeah we expect more from our um from our more intimate relationships yeah. than we do from our casual ones although our intimate relationships and our casual relationships are with people who have the same level of interiority right which is to say that like you can meet someone and have them be part of your friend circle and text them and maybe they think you're great but they got busy or they got distracted right and they didn't yeah. text you back and you will forgive them because you if you're you know sort of on the right track enough can say to yourself well they have their own interior world i don't i don't have you know i don't have access to that i don't know yeah. what's going on with them i can't expect people to just be you know to be on my beck and call for a reply right but when we build deeper intimacy with people we also activate our intimacy issues with people so then yeah and we also have an entitlement to access that grows right exactly so then that's the idea of the mind right like your attention Mm. is mine your response is mine sometimes that's also coming out of pattern right because we are trained by media and culture that um our romantic relationships and our erotic relationships should um be sort of the place where we pursue our future our lives yeah well and i mean that i think comes from like a very heteronormative place Mm -hmm. right and like this idea that you touched on earlier um before we started recording about the escalator Mm -hmm. idea right do you want to touch on that a little bit or expand on it well i mean i don't know where i first heard it but definitely in poly community this can come up a lot this idea of like what is an escalator you know relationship is our relationship on an escalator or whatever like whatever your ideas of going up right this idea of like um the milestones in relationships and in many ways we've inherited those milestones from um, from popular culture and heteronormative culture. 
more to the point of the just like the generalized escalator right is um these ideas of milestones um in a way they have they're just so such a fixed part of our conscious idea of what it means to be a successful human adult being yeah it's a sign of maturity yeah sign of maturity and just like a yeah like just a sign that you are are a part of a part of this life because of like because so many dyke or queer models of relationship um often either by necessity or by choice walk away from the escalator model right Mm -hmm. there's a way in which we actually have to create our own blueprints for what we see as milestones in our relationships and also we have to learn how to keep only like how to look how to keep looking at each other right yeah how to not turn our gaze just outward into this thing we're building together and raising together Mm -hmm. but also keep actually looking at each other because like we're that's our that's the focus is to keep that relationship alive and fruitful and healthy yeah and um when we especially when we merge yeah <laughs> as as this dyke instinct can occur to us we begin to think that we must really know everything about our other mm. right because we spend so much time together or we begin to look like each other or share interests or dreams it's as if we um we really convince ourselves that we have an all access pass to their interior that yeah. we know all their motives their thoughts and we just don't Mm. we just do not and people even if they act as if they are completely tied to as if you're one person are always separate yeah and you will find for instance as i have often found at the end of long-term relationships that you can actually look back at someone and be like did i ever really know you someone that you would have claimed when you were with them that you could predict their every step and move that's heavy. <laughs> I mean, this is way less heavy than that, but I just think about like initial attraction to somebody is is about like their identity, mm-hmm. right? And it's mm-hmm. like uh, there's something about trying to um, cultivate the attributes that attracted somebody to you in the first place you know so it's like it's the things that you're interested in and like the things that you do with your life and the way that you like make your own mark on the world that makes somebody drawn to you you know right and so like trying to remember to like keep keep like yes grow together mm-hmm. and yes like learn to accommodate each other's needs but I think also like keep growing bigger and being like those things that like made somebody fall for you and be attracted to you in the first place you know like they didn't they weren't looking in a mirror support the other person's autonomy yeah absolutely and like make it easy for them to say no when they need to I -hmm. think that's really big like practice grace you know like if somebody you know you have to be to a point where you can really trust somebody Mm -hmm. but if you need or want somebody to be there for you in a way or um, or show up in a way and they actually can't because they need to do something for themselves, like if you make it easy for them to say no or say no but, mm-hmm. it makes it easier for them to be more honest with right. you, you know? Because I feel like resentment is like the seed that, it's a seed that grows into a wedge. You know? Yeah. And of course, like, I guess in response to that, I would say that the key to avoiding resentment as much as one can is direct communication. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, there's something that um, my friend Claire used to repeat to me a lot, and I'm sure she learned it from her therapist. And I've actually repeated it to some of the people that we did astrology readings for this Mm -hmm. weekend at the vice party which is that if you're making a choice out of fear it's not the right choice right so if you are if you're only going to the party because people expect you to come and you don't want to let them down it's not the right choice it's not the right choice if you're only going to hang out with your beloved 
because they expect to see you on this night but you feel like shit it's not the right choice if you're only afraid of letting somebody down if you're afraid of feeling guilt if you're (laughs) you know if you're afraid of being replaced any of these like these fears that are based in story right the story of what you imagine someone needs from you and not what you've actually communicated them because you know what like for instance if something is happening in my family right and uh, I'm affected because say my mother got sick and I would really love to have my partner around for the night just to be company I just would love some company and um, I would particularly love the intimate company of somebody who I have a romantic connection to and I tell them that that would be really lovely for me if their response is yeah I'm coming over but they feel like shit uh, it's actually not generous to me because most Mm -mm. people are really bad about leaking their shit energy right so what's going to happen is I'm going to be sitting in a room trying to deal with like whatever's bothering me but also like confused about why you're leaking all this weird shit energy and resentment energy you know when I thought maybe you'd be here for me like being here for someone isn't necessarily (laughs) Yeah. Um, isn't necessarily just showing up out of guilt no, or fear, it's not being right? Physically present, it's being like emotionally present mm-hmm. too. So sometimes being there for someone actually means letting them know that you don't have the capacity, so they can reach out for somebody who does. Yeah, well, and giving somebody the time and space to have an initial reaction that maybe isn't great, but mm-hmm. like knowing that, like, ultimately in the long run, they're going to be thankful. You know, like because mm-hmm. you know. I think I think not being scared of disappointing somebody mm-hmm. is important and really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also whenever you can be like, I can't offer you this, but I can offer you that, mm-hmm. you know, and being like, this is what I can't do right now. Like, I'm sorry, I can't come spend the night with you, but I can drop off like a cup of soup for you or I can send you like um a seamless credit or like my login to HBO go, you know (laughs) what I mean? Where it's like here, like I'm actually not available, but like here are ways that I can support you or like I can come by tomorrow and take Mm -hmm. you out, you know? Yeah. I mean, and that's like, I'm that to me is, uh, like somebody with a lot of my Libra placements and Sag placements of information desire, Mm -hmm. you know, like for me, that sort of presentness, like, just the presentness of actually hearing my request, right? And not hearing And any understanding answers. what that entails, too. Yeah. So understanding what who you are, what you're actually capable of offering, and hearing my request and responding with kindness and accountability is more valuable for me than someone just showing up when they can, right? It is so much Bonated. more valuable for me to have someone be like, oh, let me first affirm that you're having a hard time. Yeah. I affirm that wow that sounds really shitty to let me use some love language to validate how much I care for you right so like I would really love to come over and keep you company I know it's so hard to hold this emotion by yourself and then also to actually trust me right yeah to care for you and to say um unfortunately I just feel so fucking beat tonight and I don't think I would be the best company for you have you thought um, is there anybody else who you would would be great company for you tonight that you've thought of yeah. and and then like and yeah and then be like I hope like, if you can't you know whatever like I hope that I can help you in some of these other ways yeah I think one of the hardest things ultimately is that like mm, So much is about setting healthy patterns on the onset, which again is like really fighting against the urge to merge and developing intimacy too fast because I think that uh, it's really easy to develop expectations. And like the if you meet somebody and hang out with them every fucking night, like either you're going to get sick of each other, mm-hmm. both of you, or one of you in one of you, like a, uh, an expectation that is unsustainable is going to be created. So unfortunately, like, I think so much of like providing a healthy, stable foundation for a relationship is like 
those first few months are really crucial Mm -hmm. and those are the times when it's really important for you to like be in touch with yourself and your needs and identify them and communicate them effectively in a way that doesn't like breed mistrust or that doesn't like create some kind of illusion of who you are that then has to get like totally ripped to shreds when you actually have to like go to work on time every day or have to like start seeing your friends again or you have creative (laughs) projects like crop up that you want to put time and intention into when like you have built uh speaking of neptune like a fantasy world Mm -hmm. that actually isn't reality yeah and sort of like it's like a funny way of describing like the aries first sort of like impulse of want and desire Mm -hmm. right and how that creates a kind of expectation yeah um because aries will just be like hey i'm available uh here this is charming this is charming this is charming Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're great at a first impression exactly and then what happens right is like taurian attachment is the next step and then it's like no this is the way this this was why isn't it like this anymore i liked it that way Mm -hmm. and now you're taking i was comfortable and now i'm not (laughs) I was secure and now I'm not. What's going on? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I do think that one of the great, one of, one of, like one of the great tools of um, impulse control is just, um, I mean, obviously it's just Mm self-reflection. And so obviously I know, and this is something that Aries has a hard time with. So it's kind of important to really, um, purposefully reach for that mirror, right? And one of the things that I've noticed myself doing on my sort of journey mm-hmm. um, towards healthier boundaries yeah, um, is not necessarily even the boundaries I set with others that are audible. And in some ways, because, you know, I want to say the word boundaries gets thrown a lot, thrown around a lot and people just don't fucking know what they mean. Yeah. Um, but... Um, I'm talking about the deeper boundaries that we have to work on within ourselves that often people shouldn't even have access to because if we're doing a good job, they're our own private work. In a way, boundaries are kind of like, um, it's kind of like a good manager. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like if somebody, if a manager is doing a good job, Mm -hmm. you actually don't know what they do because everything is running smoothly and nobody is overextending. Mm -hmm. Nobody's expectations are unmet. You know what I mean? Like everything, it's all those internal checks and balances. And in an organization, Mm -hmm. a manager is kind of setting boundaries and expectations. Yeah. I think that somebody who is like a really well-oiled mental machine will probably be able to express and maintain and operate within a very healthy boundaried way and not necessarily have to name like oh hey by the way you know this is what's happening (laughs) right um i want to say there's no shame sometimes in being like hey i think we need to establish some boundaries absolutely because fire signs exist right exactly and water signs exist Right, exactly. And I'm a fire water, like I'm a fire water baby. I love, I love fire signs. I fall in love with them all the time, all of them. Um, although I only have like a BA in Sagittarian, <laughs> but I will say that like one uh, great self reflection tool in new exciting relationships, right, is if you're somebody who knows yourself to be a codependent person or somebody who has attachment issues. Yeah. Um, if you find yourself reaching for the phone to text this person to come over, ask yourself if you really, 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 really want that particular person to come over. If what you want tonight is this particular person's company, exactly what they bring to the table, exactly like where you're at is in in community with this with their energy and your energy mm-hmm. or whether or not you just don't want to be alone tonight oh yeah it's ask yourself that each time you know yeah. it's like are you texting this person because you really um think that they need this information or you have something that you actually want to say to them or are you texting them because you know they're going to feed your desire for constant contact with somebody and intimacy there's no easy answer no right there isn't one but if you if you practice asking yourself that you can have more intentional relation with another person i mean i don't know if we helped anybody today but i feel like i really mm, 
had some thoughts and got to exercise this idea of the urge to merge. How about you, Gala? Did you say exercise or exercise? I think exercise. Do you feel like you no longer want to merge? You don't got that urge? I feel like my urge is never to merge, but I do love a coupledom. And like, I'm not going to lie. I just want a cute three bedroom house somewhere with a garden. I want to build a cedar sauna. Like, is that a crime? No. <laughs> is it a crime? I don't know what song that is. The Sade. Fuck me. <laughs> um, I, uh, Capricorn High Priestess. But I, I will say that um, it's not a crime. And... Um, I don't know how that works. I don't know how I don't know how to like love somebody forever. I don't know if that's possible, but like I like oh, to really? have a three bedroom house. You don't know how to love somebody forever? I'm not a Scorpio. I know. I was I'm also <laughs> I mean, I wanna say that a Scorpio I mean, but also a Taurus, like I love someone forever. Yeah. I love you forever. Are you listening out there? Like the person who like refuses to talk to me even though we were together for seven years. I love you forever. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I love you forever, even if you severely fuck up, even if I severely fuck up. Like, the love doesn't go away. It just transforms, Mm -hmm. right? It transforms into a vessel that's easier to Mm -hmm. carry. I will say that there is no crime in desiring material security Mm -hmm. Um, and investing in a home with another person is a form of material security Mm -hmm. because you're basically both charged with the retainment of it yeah (laughs) instead of say just you being charged with the retainment of a place to have you know your own domicile but i think that um you know these are our impulse differences where there i also want a shed in the backyard that's just mine that i can be alone in to be clear (laughs) okay jenny but um (laughs) (laughs) Tim (laughs) Marina but like I just think hi Jenny (laughs) what is that that's my Marina impression hi Jenny oh my god what What? (laughs) that's what she sounds like go back and rewatch okay I will I will um I was gonna say that you know these are our um our conflicting or different various urges where I don't want the three bedroom house with my um with my one partner. Mm-hmm. Um although there are parts inside of me raised in this culture that would surely relish it. Um my ideal would be singular houses in a circle. <laughs> so you so you collective you just want big love. I want I want collective. Mm-hmm. I want a world that is um, transformed that I can raise children together in, like wolves. <laughs> <laughs> I want us all to just toss them in the backyard with like. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, let them like find the eggs and bring them over to us for breakfast in their little baby mouths. Um, I feel like, uh, yeah, there's a lot happening here. I think there's some cross-special attribution happening. (laughs) I want us all to, like, tend to the garden and, like, tend to the the goats named Gertrude and Alice. And, um, you know, I want want a collective um, love community, but it doesn't necessarily need to be all big love, like, not everyone doesn't need to be erotically tied you know but okay. this but the idea of like um i i want to i want to believe in futures with not just my erotic or romantic partners but with That's my fair. friends yeah i want um, that too i want to build communities that are close together where we can help sustain each other and be responsible to the earth mm-hmm. and i also actually really believe that I myself I don't believe this is right for everybody which is, again it goes back to this idea of like what is good what is bad mm-hmm. I don't believe this is right for everybody but I think it is actually right for me to have a space that I return to as my home that is singular and mine and I decorate it and I live inside of it and it reflects me alone that sounds cool you know yeah and in in some dream world where we're billionaires I would have like uh, like a little like a like a little love shack like a little hallway 
between like a hall but like you know corridor yeah like something large between my home and the other and the home of like a lover you know where we can like a zip line yeah we can meet at the center and just like fuck and breakfast and you know but then just separate and create separately write separately like see ourselves as separate individuals and humans without this idea that we are we Mm. okay so to each their own there you go (laughs) i guess that settles it what does it settle Uh, nothing everything Everything. all the things at once Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. gala i feel like it's a good place to end do you have any news anything happening in your life oh anything you want to tell our dear listeners about Oh my gosh, what do I want to tell our dear listeners about? Dear listeners, um, you should really follow our Twitter, uh, Big Date Podcast. Yeah, it's um, really behind our Instagram following. It is, it's just, we don't, I don't understand Twitter, I haven't figured it out quite yet, but help me out, help me out, teach me, be my Twitter community. Um, Also, I am a poet, Um, I have a a full-length poetry collection coming out. Yeah, you can pre-order it from Coffee House. You should. And it is like very lesbianic, um, very immigrant, um, very bilingual, uh, bicultural, and um, just just smutty, just smutty. It's very scorpionic. It's it's scorpionic as fuck, and it like um, you'll like it. Yeah, it's uh, really beautiful. Gala is a really fucking amazing poet. And then uh, I think that Rose also has some news to share with us. Yeah, I have a thing happening. Uh, So if you do live here in Brooklyn, New York, or if you live in commuting distance and are like up for adventure on April 13th, Night of Cups, which is my music project. Believe it or not, I do more than play um, casual, tropical Tracy Chapman covers underscoring this podcast. Um, I actually do have my own music project and uh, I have a show at Union Pool on April 13th opening for Lodos, which is a really amazing, like kind of hardcore punk band out of Philly who's getting some really great press for their full length album. And it's a New York release and it's going to be a really fun show and you can see me and maybe Gala will come. Who knows? <laughs> um, I'm going to come. We're friends. Gala's going to come. We are friends in real life. Uh, but we'd lo- I'd love to see you there. Uh, you can follow Night of Cups Music for more information. Mm-hmm. You can follow our Instagram if you don't already at Big Dyke Energy. Mm-hmm Podcast. You mm-hmm. have to put podcast in there or you're going to follow like some other person who's not us. Yeah. Um, you can follow them too. Follow all the dykes. Follow us and then follow them. Follow every mm-hmm. dyke. Um, yeah. Uh, please, if you like our podcast, keep telling your friends and rate and review and subscribe. Unless you're going to give us a rating of less than five stars. And then why would you rate us? Yeah, just don't do it. Just shut, don't do it. Shut your trap. Just shut. Yeah, shut your trap out trap house. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Bye, everybody. Big Dyke Energy is recorded and mixed by Rose Blakelock and features original music by Knight of Cups. The Kurt Cobain quote is, just because you're paranoid don't mean they're not after you. And Know What I Want off of the album Poor Vida is a song referenced by Kaliuchi. Also a quick note, our next episode will premiere on April 23rd. Thanks for listening.